Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Insightful Thinkers podcast, in-depth analysis into a diverse set of topics. I'm excited for this one today because uh, I, I thought about it recently and Kid Cudi actually is my favorite artist ever. Like when I compile his discography and every single project, I like it really touches me the most. And even this album, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk about this later, but even this album, which critics say are his worst is his worst album that he's ever made. I love it. Like some of the things in there like hit me so hard and I really love this work. Don't get me wrong, it has its flaws, it has its uh, missteps. There are songs on there that just make absolutely no sense, but that's kind of the nature of Cuddy. He's kind of all over the place, and when it does hit, like it is just, it is so beautiful. There's the I was listening to the acoustic version of uh, the uh, the title track "Speed and Bullet to Heaven," and uh, oh man, just the lyrics in there. We're gonna talk about all of this here, so let me not. Um, continue with this thing what we're gonna dive in in a second here so speeding bullet to heaven this is kid cuddy at his most vulnerable and it's his fifth album it was released five years ago now in 2015 and it's really a complete departure from his previous projects so his previous projects they that's another cool thing about cuddy he never has had a specific kind of genre that he adheres adheres to his previous projects had mixed influences from hip-hop r&b electronic and pop and all sorts of things but this album is basically just like a rock album it's mostly punk rock and kid cuddy describes it more generally as alternative music he just says it's just not music that you're used to hearing and you'll see why with some of the lyrics in this and also please listen to this album too um before this analysis because uh, so you can see for yourself kind of what i'm talking about because i'm only talking about the lyrics and the words um but the melodies and the way he's saying it also really make it impactful too um and as i mentioned most critics regard this as his poorest work and but despite its missteps it rem it remains one of the most unique albums I think you'll ever hear. Well, I think it's the well one of the most unique albums I've ever heard. And uh, it retains a cult following to this day. Cuddy, this past July, actually, or you know what? It might have been last year, but um, he tweeted. I can't remember if it's a July 2019 or July 2018 on the tweet, but he said, Speed and Bullet was a cry for help or July, July 2019 or July 2020, excuse me. He said, Speed and Bullet was a cry for help. I was literally screaming out to the world that I was hurting deeply and just wanted so badly to be understood. So let's try to understand what he was talking about with this episode, you guys. The first track, um, we're, another note before I start, not every track we're going to discuss here. Some I skip over because as I mentioned, like some of these, they literally don't seem to be communicating anything of great value but uh I, i've got most of the album here and most of the tracks we're going to break down today guys so let's get into it first track is edge of the earth post-mortem boredom and immediately we see the theme of suicide introduce itself pretty strongly and he says hanging on the edge of the earth oh what a beautiful scene laying on a cliff staring at the stars oh what a beautiful ending to see um, and Cuddy's really going through it in this album, and it's really Cuddy at his most vulnerable. And um, what we also see is an internal conflict between being vulnerable um, 
and putting on a persona that totally masks his issues. So on one hand, he's vulnerable in the song when he says, he says, bits and pieces are wrong with me. Won't you sing along with me? Here's some more for the people lost in insanity. So he says like bits and pieces are wrong with me. There's things wrong. But then he also on the same song is kind of doing the opposite. And he, he's thinking maybe it's better to mask my issues. And he says, cover your wounds, don't show your scars, smile for friends and carry on. Here's one more for the people lost in insanity. So whereas at first he's saying things are wrong with me, I admit it. Here's to the people lost in insanity. Now he's saying, maybe it's best to just cover your wounds, don't show your scars, just put on a smile and carry on. And um, such creative lyrics of, of just, um, maybe that's, because that's kind of how a lot of people feel just put on a smile and they seem so happy but inside like they're so sad and cuddy he's he's felt that he's saying um in the track cuddy he follows through unfortunately with his suicidal plans and then he finds himself in heaven and the track switches up and the the uh the melody changes and everything and he says the angels have no whiskey can't say i'm not disappointed i was sick of being sickened post-mortem boredom settling in my skin so what an incredibly depressed state to start off the album he literally has killed himself and he finds himself in heaven luckily uh, with the angels the angels don't have any whiskey to um quell his alcoholism that he's been experiencing on earth and and he's a little bit disappointed about that and he just said he was sick of being sickened and that's why he finds himself um in heaven and uh that's what the nature of this album is the speed and bullet to heaven it's like he's going straight to heaven once he kills himself um and what album talks about these things and we're gonna go this whole album we're, uh, we're gonna talk about all the tracks that talk about it and it continues on confused this is like a, a one of my favorites this is really like a rock true rock song and he says um this same thing of theme of suicide excuse me he says i might go losing it and drive off a cliff fall in the void he says these walls ain't talking back i might as well finally paint them black i'm out of ideas these walls that he talks about he actually refers to them a couple times on the album but what these walls are that these walls that aren't talking back these are the walls of his mind and they're not helpful to him so he feels it may be best to just paint them black so in other words make everything go black by killing himself so interesting metaphor there he uses um and these are just some incredibly astringent lyrics but they really do mirror the sorrow that cuddy's feeling because he's really living in conflict between suicide or staying alive but living in despair he says if i blow my brains out all over the scene that's madness curing sadness so here we see the contradiction and the dichotomy between the madness of suicide versus the sadness of life what's better he also says some days i hurt myself to distract me from distraction that's madness fixing sadness so he's in such despair that something as mad as suicide is an ameliorated reality compared to the sadness he's going through that's how sad he feels and he does such a good job of communicating it um to to the listener here um he hurts himself uh to distract him from distraction that's madness fixing sadness so he's living in a world of total um total craziness and um suicide might in fact be the answer for him is how he feels unfortunately um there's more conflict and confusion just like the name of the song it's 
so aptly titled. He says, I hate the drugs, but I love the numb. I hate the gun, but I want the sun. He's living in such a confused, mad state, and it's so hard for him to deal what he's dealing with. Um, he's in such a... It's, he's going through such a difficult time throughout this whole album. He says, confused, truth is what I choose. Heal, I never do. Asking, who are you? I don't have one clue. Seems I hate him too. Seems my color's blue. So he's talking to himself, asking, who are you? But he replies to himself, I don't have one clue. So he continues to talk to himself in these, the walls that uh, aren't talking back and he wants to paint them black. It's like the walls. He talks to himself a lot on the album um, and he doesn't have one clue who he is anymore. He's talking to himself and it seems I hate him too. He's talking about himself in third person. So he's living in his mind and he can really hardly cope with his own thoughts anymore. And really, is that not the nature of life, you guys? Much of life really does take place in your own mind. Um, you can do whatever experiences. You can have all the money in the world. You can have this and that and fame and riches, but it depends on the way you think about it. And that is really, I think, gets to that so well here. But because so much of life takes place in the mind, when your mind starts to play tricks on you, that's when it gets extremely difficult. And it gets so difficult for Cuddy that he finds himself screwed, as per the name, the uh, song's title. So Cuddy's failure to deal with his thoughts takes him to a place where he simply feels screwed, as I mentioned. So he says, I've been trying to steer right, but it's apparently clear I might be screwed. The end is near. It's fairly clear we might be screwed. When life loses appeal, when the ghosts appear, just a kid in the moonlight, headlights on deer, headlights on the fear. Um, he he feels totally screwed now, and he feels like it's it's done. And he said, interesting here, he says, um, the end is near. Um, it's apparently clear we uh, I might be screwed. Uh, it's fairly clear we might be screwed. So again, kind of he kind of has these like voices in his head that he's talking to this whole album. Like we might be screwed is the, at least the way I interpret it. And, um, it's very interesting because he, he personifies a driver who can't steer correctly on life's road. Um, I've been trying to steer it. I've been trying to steer it right. And then he flips it to the perspective of the deer who is blinded bl by the bright, harsh headlights of life. He says headlights on the deer, headlights on the fear. So first he talks about how he's the driver and he can't even steer properly. And then he switches it and uh, tells it as as if from the perspective of a deer, like headlights on a deer. He's totally lost and, and living in so much fear. He's screwed. And then we come to fade to red. And this is where this screwed state really carries over. And he exclaims that he can no longer cope, but in an extremely harsh way this time. He says, we're born in the dark, born into pain. And by the way, when he's saying this, it's so harsh the way he's saying it in the song you should you got to listen to it he says i got the rage pushing through my veins i can't cope empty on hope my head has been screaming i'm stuck with these idiots won't leave a note won't leave hope oh what a nightmare i'm done with these idiots undoubtedly no saving me i've got to bleed no saving me these idiots 
may be all in his head. He's been talking to himself. We might be screwed. These walls of his mind aren't talking back. So this gives you the hint that maybe these idiots are all in his head. He can't quiet his own thoughts, guys, on this album. It's very similar to him being confused after having conversations with himself, asking who he is, and then him replying to himself that he has never clue who he is. These idiotic voices in his brain continue to swarm him, and this is equally damning for Cuddy, just as damning as when and confused the walls weren't talking back. Much of this album, as I mentioned, is Cuddy having conversations with himself, and this causes him to spiral into severe depression. Um, and these conversations with himself that he has that takes him down such a dark road are really exemplified well in the next track, Adventures. He tries to reassure himself with positive things while he explores through the galaxy nightly, the galaxy being his mind on drugs. He says, accept yourself, exit yourself, access yourself. But these attempts of reassurance, unfortunately, prove futile in combating the idiots that plague his mind with thoughts of death. Because even though he tries to re reassure himself with accept yourself and access yourself and all these things while he's on drugs and possibly psychedelics, because psychedelics as we mentioned in the psychedelics episode, uh, and go check that one out too, um, where we talk about how there's uh, like a deep personification and ego dissolution is the word I was looking for. And you start to live outside your body. And Aldous Huxley, how he said, he became the legs of the chair. And maybe Cuddy, when he says, exit yourself, um, you access yourself by exiting yourself. Maybe he is on these hallucinogens. Um, and he says, and even more than maybe, because there are actually skits on the album where he talks about how it, he doesn't talk about it. It's uh, the characters Beavis and Butthead, and they talk about taking hallucinogens. So I'm almost positive that this is what he's talking about when he says, exit yourself, access yourself. He says, inadequate on, on adventures, feeling so unwanted, make him want to disappear. Only crazy makes sense. It's starting to make sense. Hell is beyond the door. Heaven doesn't want one more. So if you can remember um, on on uh, Edge of the Earth post-mortem boredom, at least when he killed himself, he went to heaven. Now he's even at a lower state. Uh, somehow he's at a lower state than his suicidal moments um, because now he's sure that hell is beyond the door and heaven could never want one more. Uh, it's just so sad and um, mad too. And it's really madness over sadness that he talks about here. Because if you can remember him confused when he said, if I blew my brains out all over the scene, that's madness curing sadness. And if he hurt himself to distract him from distraction, that'd be madness fixing sadness. That wasn't confused. In a similar way in adventures, he says only crazy makes sense. And this crazy he is referring to is also the madness of death, perhaps. So, um, it's really a conflict. It's like a, but it's like a catch 22 because there's no, there's nothing. Um, there's really no good way to go about it. It's either the madness of death or the sadness of life. What's better? He's asking himself. And in adventures, he says only crazy makes sense now. And that's really what he's come to. And, um, because this, only crazy makes sense. And because of this sadness he's living in, he figures eventually that um, maybe what's best is, is the nothing. And that takes us to the next track by that very name. Cuddy has now entered the nothing where 
drugs have now taken control over him. Um, he says, chop, chop, chop it up, cut it. And this could be cocaine or any other drug that requires that preparation. And drugs have really taken a hold on Cuddy. At this point, they're really the only answer for him because he can't manage with his own thoughts and nobody is there to help him. Drugs are the only option for him. So um, he says, eerie, eerie, darkness nearing. No one hears you suffer. Purely, purely, there's no curing. Moving, darkness moving. Scary, growing weary. Fury, there's no curing. So chop, chop, chop it up, cut it. Chasing something, don't know what. Then nothing. There's really no cure for what Cuddy is feeling. So the only option is to chop up drugs and chase something, even if he doesn't know what. Um, that something he chases with drugs just takes him to feeling nothing and feeling numb. And just like the madness of death was better than the sadness of life and confused, nothing now is better than something at this stage for Cuddy. Um, so the nothing obviously here is the numbness he gets from drugs. And this is really the nature of drugs and addiction because they really creep up on people in their lowest points when they seem, when it seems that there's no other way that they can get help. And Cuddy does a really great job of conveying this evil um, power of drugs, uh, this devious, this guile, guileful nature of how drugs whisper to you at your lowest point because he uses uh, like a whispering style in the song and uh, kind of as if the drugs are whispering to him and tempting him and chop, chop, chop it off, cut it, then nothing. And go listen to that song because he, he really does a good way, a job of conveying um, this tempting nature of the drugs. And then we come to Amen and uh, his fury that he said there's no curing in the nothing really just all comes out in Amen. <laughs> and the lyrics in Amen, I can't even read the lyrics here, like on this platform, because it's perhaps too harsh to even listen to, let alone repeat word for word. Um, but in general, I'll talk about the song. Um, and this is not one of the songs that I skipped over this one. I think it had some definite meaning to the album. He's really putting his anger for his current condition on full display in Amen. He talks about like ripping faces with his bare hands. He expresses his vehement disapproval for fake and phony people. He talks about slaying demons. He's really at a low point, you guys. Um, and that's really all there is to that song and just kind of conveying how low of a point he's at. But one question I have is like, is there any artistic value in creating things that people can't stomach? Because, you know, like maybe the fact that it's so abrasive is what makes it unique. And I think that could be the case for this album and certainly this song. Um, well, I won't even say this song because I don't even like this song. <laughs> but the whole album is the album as a whole. It really is conveying such like difficult things. And even though it's hard to stomach, maybe there's some artistic value in that. Um Marcel Duchamp, his work called Fountain comes to mind. This artist apparently created one of the most um, influential avant-garde pieces of all time by simply taking a urinal, turning it upside down and calling it Fountain. Okay. <laughs> this work has been sold for millions. Even the replicas have been sold for millions. And it's just the idea well, if something is so revolting and so against the establishment, so hard to stomach, 
it has some kind of artistic value maybe and we see that based on the acclaim that Duchamp's Fountain has had so maybe that's kind of what this album is like a little bit and maybe this is why I feel a personal connection to it because it's so hard to stomach and so raw more than anything and um maybe that is what gives it some value possibly let's go to handle with care one of my favorite songs as well on here and cuddy now and handle with care he comes somewhat to a point of acceptance of his condition that there's no curing as he says in amen he says i'm a madman i cause problems that i truly never mean i'm damaged i trust no one sometimes i can be real mean to magnitude extreme handle with care i'm so fragile and delicate <laughs> so crazy how cuddy switches it up because the, these words these softer words are completely juxtaposed with his harsh words and amen he now in more of an open accepting way simply admits he's fragile and delicate and that anyone who touches his heart and handles it should handle with care he continues the discussion about his sensitive heart he says my heart it has no shell it can sense everything i love from deep inside but there are pains i hope to fix i have no bag of tricks it's just you should handle with care. So despite his pain he has expressed in recent tracks, he still shows that he has love from deep inside. And he doesn't have like a cold heart in any way. He just has like such a serious sensitivity to so many things. And it's this very sensitivity that is really a double-edged sword for Cuddy because although he is able to be loving, caring, fragile, and sensitive, he's also prone to more melancholic, depressed emotions so it really is a double-edged sword yeah he's a very sensitive person and he can be loving and show his love and his heart it has no shell and you know he's sensitive but because he's so sensitive he's prone to feeling very sad um when things when things strike him down and getting into his own mind then you come to judgmental and he continues to vacillate between accept, accepting himself for being fragile and being broken due to his fragility. And this double-edged sword is really showing its other edge of now he, he goes back into more of a, a negative state. He says, you're just a screw up. You're just some loser. You're never going to be anything but a low life. Introverted kid, hate everybody type of kid, dumb punk loser kid. So even when he gets closer to being okay with himself on handle with care, his depression just brings him back down into the depths of self-hate. And this is what we're maybe you're realizing a pattern now. He's, he really is going back and forth a lot on this album between kind of this more sensitive way and then a more depressed way and it's not like some kind of a journey from first i was sad and now i'm happy it's really i think it really gets at the nature of kind of life in a way because life is not it's it's ups and downs it's not you you grow and then on your journey like you're getting totally better and better and then you just find happiness like even in states of happiness you can just fall back down into sadness pretty quickly and vice versa and i think he really did a good job of communicating that throughout this whole album where he's really vacillating between this double-edged sword of first feeling uh sensitivity then uh, and causing it to make him feel vulnerable and then sensitivity that causes him to be like judgmental about himself and feel insecure and feel um extremely depressed and want to commit suicide quite frankly 
we come to red sabbath and this self-hate it doesn't rebound it continues to fester and it takes him back down to feeling suicidal again he says i need to escape forever and ever he says cold until my last breath slowly exhale one last f you to the world so um he's really on the verge of of suicide um and why is he on the verge of suicide it's because these voices have been talking to him and his own voices his mind has played tricks on him and similarly to confuse and fade to red the manic company that is his own thoughts is talking back to him he says i'll be happy getting messed up by myself just loathing in my sweet misery oh such manic luxury Oh, such manic company. So just like Handel with Care, when he gives fair warning to anyone who is looking to come close to him, he continues to speak openly about his flaws as well. Um, He says, I got my mind gone, but I love you and you know. Fumble and mess things up. I can be such an asshole. I'm sorry, my lady. I'm so sorry. Keep doing the right thing, but just stay away. So he continues to pile all the blame on himself due to his depressed state and that transitions well from judgmental where he's kind of like being judgmental to himself causing himself to spiral downwards and he basically feels as if he can get nothing right and that even the ones he love should go their own way so just like handle with care where he says hey like i'm damaged i just know and i can be real mean so just handle with care here um like be careful fragile is basically what he's saying it really reminds me of runaway uh uh, by Kanye because he says I always find something wrong you've been putting up with me just way too long so baby I got a plan run away as fast as you can it's almost as if your own thoughts about yourself and negative thoughts about yourself get in the way of allowing other people to love you um, and that's really what he's communicating on fuchsia butterflies um, and he uh, kind of as I I wanted to kind of break this down a little more than I did when I read it the first time. When he says, I'll be happy getting messed up by myself, just loathing in my sweet misery. Oh, such manic luxury. Oh, such manic company. There's the company again that he that he uh, continues to talk about where he says, um, where the company is really his own mind and the negative thoughts of his own mind playing tricks on him. It's not anybody else. This company is driving him down to suicide, really. The walls of his mind. Then we get to speed and bullet to heaven and he, and now he has jumped back into a state of recovery and he actually jumps so high that he returns to the highest he's been yet on the album and on speed and bullet to heaven, the, the title track and seemingly he has now accepted his fate as the speed and bullet to heaven who with one bullet will go straight to the sky. But even if he dies, he knows he'll be okay somehow. He says, if I crash or if I land, no matter the case, I'm all smiles with love in the core. Don't care what they say. So he really is kind of bouncing back here, you guys. He, he doesn't care anymore. He says, I'm all smiles, no matter the case. And this album is so interesting because he really is not staying in one state is what I'm realizing more and more. And this really conveys the labile nature of the untamed mind or if his untamed mind, I should say, but anyone's mind, it really goes back and forth. There's never a day where, or hopefully you've experienced this, but where you are just happy all day and you don't even get one negative or insecure or judgmental thought. And you really do go back and forth 
um, and Cuddy in his lowest times. It's not all bad. There are times when he feels as if he can accept himself and accept his situation, whether he crashes or if he lands. Many albums uh, take more of a direct journey, but this one, it really is pinballing back and forth from the depths of self-hate to the beauty of self-love. And it's these very songs that make the album beautiful. I think, too, uh, the ones that uh, take them higher a little bit because it kind of shows um, even when you are in those low states, you you still can recover and you still get out of it. It's not all despair, no matter what you're going through. And I think that is what really draws a lot of people to Cuddy because he admits to having low points and he's totally vulnerable about them. He doesn't say, um, I'm happy all the time or whatever. But so he really takes you down to the depths and yeah, he's talking about suicide. And yeah, you may say, oh, that's not a good influence. It could trigger people to commit suicide. But he also has points in the album where he reminds you that you can make it through as well. Um, so yeah, it is really rough around the edges because yeah, there are some songs that are just, um, <laughs> frankly ridiculous and, uh, that don't seem to make a lot of sense and seem to be so negative and hateful, but there are still these glimmers of hope and Cuddy really shows that he has made it through. This reminds me of a song from one of his past albums, um, my favorite Kid Cudi album, Man on the Moon 2, the song Revo Fev. He says, wake up, things might get rough, but no need to stress. It keeps you down too much. Let go. Life does get tough. No need to stress. Holds you back too much. So even if life gets tough, even if it gets stressful, no need to stress. And if it gets tough, no need to think that it's tough. Let go. And uh, Cuddy shows that he has been able at least to let go on, on this song, Speed and Bullet to Heaven. Um, now, despite him reassuring himself that he'll be all smiles no matter the case on Speed and Bullet, though, he does break down yet again on Embers. And this continues the pattern. And he says, I really don't want to leave, but I realize there are no answers to rid me of this cancer. I told you I had to leave. I'm happy when I'm alone. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Goodbye. So this is really that theme of suicide we've heard throughout. And um, really, guys, never have I heard an album so open about issues like this. Suicide is so taboo to talk about. And I think it's important when artists come and talk about things that other people don't want to talk about through their art. And I think it can just be really powerful sometimes. And kind of, as I mentioned, like, yeah, he is talking about suicide, but sometimes when you hear people talking about really difficult problems, if they're relatable to you, it gives you some kind of faith that you're not the only one dealing with those things. And if anything, that's what this album really conveys. Um, a few more tracks here, guys. We're almost done the analysis. Um, but uh, yeah, I hope you guys uh, are enjoying it so far. Uh, trauma. This is the first track where we get a little bit of a background to, uh, to the seeds that may have started Cuddy's path to such despair. He says, when I was 11, I saw my dad's corpse hanging on the front porch, innocence lost. When I was 15, I saw a friend's corpse on the way to school, innocence gone. So the, this is the early trauma that may have planted the seeds for Cuddy's melancholic state. Um, he doesn't talk about it 
much or if at all other than trauma where he talks about like how he could have possibly gotten down to such a low state but it's interesting that he actually comments on it with trauma then we go to insides out with now with his early trauma in the picture and along uh, as well with his aforementioned bouts of depressed and suicidal thoughts he experiences now just pure sadness again on insides out and uh one of my favorite songs as well too he says i keep crying inside i keep dying inside am i insane i'm not afraid of the pain so it seems like this pain that he's talking about again is suicide and the pain that will come when he kills himself because he keeps crying inside and um he can't he can't he can hardly do it any longer and he feels like he can hardly cope um and cutty ends the album with melting um and this is a song really what he what sums up what he's been experiencing throughout and it's really just a downward spiral that's caused him to feel as if he's slowly melting away you guys he says no doubt i'm melting no doubt about it i'm crumbling the same old downward spiral and i weep to sleep but give it all i've got in the morning so you guys at least he ends the album i think with some hope and some glimmer of hope that he'll at least do the best that he can to make it through and survive this horrible downward spiral that he's going through and um cuddy's still here today as i mentioned tweeting about it today so uh luckily enough he has he has made it through and he has given it all he's got in the morning and to the joy uh, of his fans he's still here to talk about it today um such a vulnerable album you guys uh it's such an examination of the ups and the downs of a tortured mind and a confused mind and as i mentioned it's not like it's one journey to joy and oh these are the things i it's so it's an interesting tone because he doesn't talk about it in a like a didactic ways if he's like showing you guys like oh this is what i did and now i'm happy he actually hardly even has a resolution in the album um as you guys uh, as many of you know like in, in like a in any type of plot you need a resolution or in a movie or i would argue even in an album but this one there's no real resolution or no type of thing to here's the glue and here's the overarching message that i was trying to tell you he he talks about suicide till the very end he says i'm crumbling in a downward spiral um and i weep to sleep and uh but i give it all i've got in the morning so there's no real um, overarching idea. It's just like him being very vulnerable. And that's really to be commended, I think. Um, it could have been more refined, obviously. It could have had perhaps a better order to the songs because trauma almost seems out of place because all of a sudden he just randomly talks about how he saw his dad's corpse and he saw a friend's corpse. And then he talks about the seeds. Maybe he could have talked about that at the start of the album to possibly show why he feels such trauma and pain. But that's just the nature of this album. It, it, it comes across in such a raw way. There's no real rhyme or reason to the order um the most raw the most um vulnerable album i've ever heard um and it really sounds good in many many parts despite these gems being buried in a in a very large collection of songs um i think it's like a double disc album type of thing which doesn't mean anything today with streaming but it, it just has a lot of songs on it chris mensch of complex he called the album 
ultimately messy, challenging, and rough around the edges, perhaps more so than anything Scott has ever released. But there's also something that's admirably unique. And I think that is definitely the case. Um, because even if the art as a whole doesn't generate total critical acclaim, it, I think it does have the ability to touch people in different ways if it is unique. Um, and really, I wouldn't be doing an in-depth analysis on it if there was nothing to analyze and if it meant nothing to me and if it was just a senseless album all the way. It has come across that way to some people, but I think there is something to this album. And I hope you guys will think that too after listening to this. Or maybe if you're listening to this, you know there's something to this album. And that's why you're listening to this episode. Um, and it's not all bad because... It, it has received praise as well from a number of prominent artists, most notably Andre 3000. Andre 3000, one of the best rappers of all time, he called it the best thing to come out in a long time. Uh, I'd agree with Andre 3000 there on that one. Cutty this past July, let's close it out on his quote. He says, I knew no one could have done something so ballsy and risked it all. A lot of people play it safe and are afraid to explore their sound. I've always had no fear. So be fearless. Do what you feel. Trust me. It will lead you on a great path of self-discovery and healing and growth. There's so much to do and see in this life. Explore it and go for it. That's all I do. Um, you guys, if you like this episode, if you like Kid Cudi, if you love Kid Cudi like I do, if you like this album even, or if you hate this album, but if you like this episode and you like in-depth analysis into a diverse set of topics, um, please go ahead to, uh, please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on and please share it most importantly with someone who also is interested in Kid Cudi. Or if you know someone who doesn't like this album, uh, just share it with them and uh, see if it changes their mind. Possibly please leave a star rating, um, uh, on Apple podcasts and a review, uh, a like or a dislike if you're on YouTube and also share your own ideas from the connect page on the website uh, or YouTube or on Instagram at insightful thinkers media or Twitter at team ITM the website, by the way, um, uh, insightful thinkers You can check out the poems and the articles that are on there. And if you want to join the monthly ITP video conference call where we analyze things together, uh, or if you want to simply support the podcast, you can do that on Patreon, you guys, uh, but whatever you do, Listening and watching is always plenty. Thank you for listening in. And uh, one of my favorite episodes, for sure. Every single episode is one of my favorite episodes, it seems. But uh, Kid Cudi, man, uh, I love that guy. And I love the artwork he's put out, and I hope he continues. And uh, I'll be listening to that guy till the day I die. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Insightful Thinkers podcast. We'll be back next Monday morning, as always, for more in-depth analysis into a diverse set of topics. Take care, everybody.